You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER You're listening to 100 Words or Less with Ray Harkins. Hello, people. Welcome to another episode of this very podcast in which we discuss independent music, punk, hardcore, indie rock, metal, emo, whatever it is, as long as it is of the DIY variety. That is what I care about. And I know that's why you listen to the show. I mean, and if you don't, then welcome. You just randomly found this podcast and for whatever reason you decided to download it. So thanks, no matter what. But I've been doing this for, what, 11 years now? It is a a, a privilege and an honor to keep bringing you these episodes because fun things happen like this particular discussion. And I had this live at the New England Metal and Hardcore Festival. And when I say live, like sometimes I do these in front of a live audience. This one was just face-to-face. The beautiful people at the New England Metal and Hardcore Festival flew me out there hung out with a lot of bands, had a lot of discussions that particular weekend, and this is one of them. This is Winston McCall, the vocalist from Parkway Drive. I was incredibly excited to have this one because uh, I just follow along here. This was probably like maybe two or three years ago, tried to make a podcast happen with him. We were like the day of had to cancel, had to remove himself, partially because uh, he was like, you know what? I don't really like to do these long form podcasts, which is kind of weird because, I mean, for the most part, these are pretty pleasant experiences. But I've been on the, uh, I guess, the receiving end of when it is a unpleasant experience. <clears throat> Not saying like, you know, the guest that I have, it's an unpleasant experience. But I've been interviewed on podcasts before and sometimes within... A, five to 10 minutes, you're just like, this is not going to be a fun conversation. (laughs) This is just going to be like rambling, non sequiturs. And some would argue that that's what this discussion that I have on a weekly basis is, (laughs) but I digress. So needless to say, I was like, oh man, the Winston ship has sailed. 
I probably will never be able to have a discussion with him. But this opportunity came around and Winston was like, you know what, let's go ahead and do this. It's in person. It's a whole different, uh, you know, vibe and energy rather than just over the computer. Because he's based, obviously, in Australia, for those of you that are not paying attention to the fact that Parkway Drive is like one of the biggest bands in the world and arguably one of the biggest bands in Australia. But anyways, I was so excited to have this discussion with Winston because, uh, yeah, I, I made him laugh by calling Parkway Drive a uh, action sports hardcore band. And that's uh, that's totally, in my mind, what they are and what they always have been. And uh, he's like, that's what we call ourselves internally. And so, I don't know. It was just a great discussion. And Winston was such a good hang that, uh, yeah, I was really, really thankful that I was able to do that. And like I said, the New England Metal and Hardcore Festival, if you did not pay attention to the bonus episode that I released last week, go back there and listen to it. But it was an amazing and incredible festival. I highly, highly urge you to go next year. It will definitely be worth your time, I promise. Because, I mean, it's like on the Saturday, there was like, I don't know, five, 6,000 people and watching that many people sing along to Hate Breed. Like, oh, dude, come on, get out of here. It's so good. But... Anyways, you can always email the show, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave a rating and review. It supports the show tremendously. I cannot stress that enough. But if you leave a rating and review on the Apple podcast page or just leave a straight up rating on Spotify, if you listen to the podcast there, it would help out, like I said, tremendously. Also, You can find a link in the show notes because uh, you can follow along on YouTube. I publish all of these episodes on YouTube. People tend to listen to podcasts on there. I mean, I don't personally (laughs) understand that, but you know, I'm not going to yuck anyone's yum. So uh, yeah, you could do that and follow along there if, you know, for whatever reason, you like your podcast and the visual medium. And to be clear, I'm not like recording these on video. It's just a static image, but you get it. Anyways. Um, yeah, that's all I got for you. So let's dive into the conversation with Winston from Parkway Drive. So excited. Parkway Drive as a band are what I would like to say is like the first action sports hardcore band. <laughs> he nailed it. Yeah. Because like, I mean, yeah, fully. <laughs> especially being from Southern California, yeah. like I obviously was raised with all the fat and epitaph bands yep. and like seeing that connection. But in it, came, it became crystal clear to me in watching obviously your first DVD yep. slash surf video. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and and I mean, obviously, that was like anybody that knew the band knew that's who you guys were. Yeah, but it, I don't know. Like, it just it felt so different for me. Kind of like opening my eyes up to the fact that that was like not only who you were, but what you wanted to put across as well. Yeah, and I mean, I'm guessing like were you obviously you know inspired by a lot of that you know mid 90s to late 90s oh, yeah. like skate punk where 100%, you're like that's how we got into punk right that's the thing like that's that's how we got into everything and got to where we are right and we've uh, we've been unashamedly ourselves as we go in whatever iteration of like you see of the band's aesthetic or stage show or anything like that yep like 
yeah, it's, it's all just us evolving as people. Right. But, um, like, we're all still surfers. Um, right. We're just older surfers now. <laughs> but, yeah, like, it's, um, it's so funny because that's the way we – that's actually what we've called ourselves. Like – Behind the scenes, like yep. no one else, uh, we're like we're like extreme sports metal. No, like, that's, that's the joke. It, totally, like, it's, not the jo- it's not the joke, but it's the no, joke that no it, one's heard. Yeah, because it's but because it's it's true. Like yeah. the thing is, we like when we when we talk about it amongst ourselves and about, amongst our friends. Yep. When someone asks like, "What do you do?" We're like extreme sports metal. That's we're, it. <laughs> but yeah, like so it's. Good. I mean, it's just a it's a mash it's a mash of like, I guess, the cultures that we. Oh, I know. And now that's, they, now yeah, they just yeah, now they're, now, yeah, that's, that's very funny. <laughs> Boom, crash. I don't know if that's going to come through. But yeah, like the, okay. the culture that we grew up in, where I guess what we do in our, I mean, I'm not going to say private time. Like, it's who we are. We grew up as surfers. Right. We grew up as surfers and like Fat Records, Epitaph, Burning Heart, like yep. all of that mid-90s surf punk. It was like, it was this, or skate punk. It was the soundtrack to surf movies. Of course. Like that was it. It was the soundtrack to surf movies. Like, Taylor Steele, like it's 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 all over. Like yep. the, the whole Southern California scene was like, it was everything in Australia. Like in that's that's what we gravitated that's, to. Yeah, who you raised with? Right, yeah. right. So we got into punk through that, and then it slowly, like, us getting into hardcore came from like the edge of punk wearing off, and you wanting something a bit harder and a bit of faster. Course. So you get into you get into hardcore. Yep. And from there, like it wears off a slight bit again and you want something a little bit more extreme so you get into like metal or a hardcore band but like before metalcore was a thing like yep. hardcore bands doing something with metal in it yeah. and then from there into metal and that's how we trans- like transitioned into everything that we've become right. but at the same point in time it's not like we're like oh I'm not going to surf anymore I'm not going to skate anymore or anything you go like there's still surfboards in the, in the, in the bus at this point in time like Jai's going literally going on a surf trip somewhere straight after this right, so, right. so yeah that's, that's who we are and like it, it seeps it seeped into like just our presentation of of who we are on stage at times or who we are in music videos like that aspect of it's just been there when it suited the the moment like I mean I mean, I mean our third record Deep Blue was literally a concept that came about from feeling at home in the ocean yeah like that's the thing like a discarding society on land and going to try and find some peace in the ocean right and um and that's where that's kind of where it came from. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it flies past people who don't know what that feels like. Right. But that's what it feels like for us. Like, yeah. That's the thing. Like, there's a massive connection to, um, yeah, to that, to that world. Yeah. <laughs> and I just I, I I think it's be like the reason that I mean it's so obvious for people that have paid attention to your band for a while. But mm. then like anybody that just does like a monicum of research about you guys yeah. where it's just like oh yeah like they're just like goofball surfers that happen to have like been friends and played in a band yeah. together and then they're to your point like because they're i know there was that that era especially like because i think we're roughly around the same age where it's like that delineation between like that is like my real life and then like my hardcore life or yeah. whatever where it's like oh you're into <laughs> yeah. sports like yeah. you can't talk about that yeah. in here but then you guys were just like well no we want to be encompassing of all of this yeah. because that's who we are yeah and and the thing is where we grew up where we grew up as well like byron is there's no delineation between it because it's um like the youth center that we played in yep it's literally across the road from the beach right so we'd play a gig in this room that had no air conditioning like to ask any band that ever played there 
it, it was the sweatiest thing ever. Like you'd be trying to mosh and it was like an ice skating ring because it was just so <laughs> right, wet right. the floor. And you just roll the doors up at the end of the gig and just go, we're going across the road and we go swimming. Um, or you go for a surf in the middle of the night. Right. So it was, it was, it was combined. Like our, our tours, the first tours we did were like, oh, this is sick. Let's book them around where we know where there's, there's going to be a waves. Yeah. yeah, and we had a trailer, which we set up with, like, the gear and then, like, a, 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 a tray in the top of it where you just shoved all the surf the surfboards, yeah, 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 that yeah. was it. And we were like, sweet, we got three days off down on the south coast. We're going to get some waves there. Then after the Adelaide show, we'll, like, we'll head over west and we'll get some waves in the desert and stuff like that. Right, right. And it was, um, <laughs> that's the way we just did it. It was, it was like, it was, it was just part of what we did. And it was, it was also, like, the, the whole music side of it kicked off with us as well because the town we grew like at, the, at that point in time Byron Bay like is this worldwide brand now but when we yes. grew up there it was nothing right. like you just wanted to get out because as, as much as it was paradise there was no you're going nowhere and there was nothing for the youth like we we had no skate park we, you got chased by the cops you got drunk in the top park and that was it and right. there was no there was no music scene at yep. all you had to drive minimum two hours to watch a band and if you were under 18 you had, didn't have your license you couldn't do that right so we we started doing things ourselves, and it was the same community of people who surfed during the day who had nothing to do at night who were just like we like this music let's find places to put this music on or try and create it yeah and that's how it kind of started so it was like one bleeding into the other like every single person that went to those gigs was someone you saw in the lineup yeah yeah, yeah. no and it's <laughs> and it, they bought their boards for the gigs and jumped on their friends with them and that was the next evolution of it because like, that that, <laughs> that is exactly what the the lifestyle was yeah. obviously in your area and that, it, watching you guys obviously like once you started to come to america and start mm. to have a presence over there it was like you were and many bands of that era, whether it was like I Killed the Prom Green, you guys, like it was such an anomaly for us in America where it was just like, wait, like what are, where are you from? Where like, you from? what do you look like? Totally. Yeah. And it was such, so interesting. But then it, the, and I was talking about this to, I mean, other bands from Australia now at this point where it's like you guys collectively, the music scene, metal, hardcore, mm. punk, whatever you want to define it as, you've always gassed each other up. And you have really, like, even this day where it's just like, you know, a band like Speed will be talking about you yeah. guys in the same way that you're talking about them. Where it's yeah. just like, everybody's excited. And yeah. that level of competition has never, I mean, I'm sure there's elements of it, but yeah. not to the extent of where it would be like in America. Because I'm sure that was like yeah. something you noticed. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a thing like, we're, we're all aware of where we come from. Right. And how hard it is to do anything. And, and, and it's not... It's one of those things where it's very hard to explain to to a, an, a country like America where yep. you have a, a massive population, yep. the center of the entertainment universe, um, and and music industry, which is like it's it, it's billions of dollars. Like yes, that's the thing. where we come from, the, the music industry is so much smaller. Yep, so much more. Like it's so harder to do anything let alone what we're doing right so everything that you do you know it's it's done from passion like yep. you you don't you don't start something going i'm gonna try and i'm gonna make, make it, it. Yeah. i'm gonna make it you know, because no one makes it like like that's the thing it's very it's very rare that people actually make it in australia from a music perspective like you make it at some point in time but five years later you're going to be working in a cafe or a record store or something totally, even totally. if you're at the top tier yeah so like the the idea of like 
just doing music as a full-time career and then that's kind of it was it's never been the goal of anyone you start out because you want to do it yep. you just want to do it and you want to be part of something and the other part of it is like when we started doing it um in terms of the the, the hardcore scene or like the biggest thing that ever came through was warp tour and that was like a couple of thousand people of course we had big day out but that was like that was a big time. That was like the biggest music festival in the country, full totally. stop. And that was every genre going on. Yep. Um, in terms of hardcore and punk, like you're talking the most successful show being a couple of hundred people. Yep. Like that was it. Like the most successful show that everyone in the, the country would go to once a year would be a couple of hundred people. Um, so local gigs and stuff, they were like tens, tens of people kind of thing. And yep. that's what we were psyched on. We were really stoked on that. Of course. And everything we built from that point on to evolve to where it's at now has been built from nothing. Yep. Like from nothing. We personally know where the foundations are. Right. We have seen the because foundations. You, yeah, because you were there. We were right. there. We yeah, know yeah. what the, the bare floor concrete is with just four walls and an amp that you fucking hire from wherever you can to put on a local band is and you know that venue and like everyone that is in the scene still now that hasn't moved on was at that show yep. it's not like it's like oh in generations past it was like this it's like no I was I was there it's not like some we don't have like a legendary CBGB's where there's like three generations later people never went to that gig and they don't understand what a squat show was or something like that right. like no like all of these like speed were there like yes. those guys were in either other bands or at those shows and the the, 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 the final part of it was Parkway themselves as an, as an entity was the the spearhead that that smashed this thing through to this level which no one was expecting absolutely which was a really like it was as shocking for us as it was to everyone else totally because um from from killing with a smile onwards the 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 size of what happened like the explosion of what happened with our band in our country it was literally from the day that record came out it was unknown territory Yep. unknown territory for everyone and that include that goes for all of the rest of the music industry and the way they viewed us all the way down to like you're playing venues where even though it was like 600 people there's never been a 600 person like hardcore metal show in Australia no never and you're trying to explain to a venue or a security guards at that show like there's going to be things happen tonight that you have not seen so just let us take care of this and don't like bash someone out in the alley out the back while it's happening right like that kind of shit like like it and and it was always like killing with a smile came out and like three days in we're like oh it sold 2000 records that's already twice as much as the next <laughs> local heavy band that's ever existed and right like fuck where the hell is this thing going totally like um yeah and it just went on from there like horizons the horizons record first album shows in brisbane like got shut down by the riot squad right because they had no They're idea like, what why was going are on. so many people here? right oh, yeah, yeah it was like it was just it was a thousand kids it was two right. nights in a row but a thousand kids going nuts totally and the, the queensland police freaked the fuck out and shut it down and kicked everyone out on the street with a full riot squad and it was national news front page of the newspapers like right. heavy metal band shuts down brisbane and like that's like that's the thing like it was, it was right uh, people had no idea and no idea no I, idea <laughs> a, a parallel band that I like always compared you guys to just from a 
watching something that was so curious that people could not put their finger on, like Alexis on Fire. Yeah. In Canada, where it was like when they were, and obviously the, you guys were only a few years after mm. breaking through that sort of, for lack of a better term, mainstream success. Yeah. And it was, it, and like they, and I'm sure, I know you've played shows with them and have been friends with them in some capacity, mm. but like that quizzical nature where you, you're sitting there in the midst of this being like, why are, like, I mean, you're stoked, but you're like, why is this happening? Why yeah. is this all of a sudden, like, getting to a level where you Hasn't are getting right, right? Yeah. And yeah. It, it's so, it's alarming because, like, you're, to your point, you're having to navigate all these things that <laughs> you've never had to worry about yeah. before. And you never expected. Right. That's the thing. It's not like it's a playbook. It's no. not like it's a playbook and you don't have someone holding your hand going, all right, the next step is this. And you also don't expect it to last. Right. So, like, it's not that you take it, you don't take it, well, you don't take anything for granted. Yep. Like, we, it took us 10 years to realize that this isn't going to stop. And that was 10 years of uninterrupted growth. Zero point where we, like, like should have gone, oh, I don't know, it's tapering off here. Like, it was complete, like... I'm not, there was never a point when we were like overnight sensation. Kind no, of thing. it wasn't it was, a rocket was ship, but yeah, yeah, it was yeah. continual rise. But the whole time we were just like, this is the biggest it's going to get. Like, yeah, take here's it in, the man. ceiling. Right? This is the ceiling. Like, dude, we smashed through so many glass ceilings. You could build a sculpture out of that shit. Of course, of course. <laughs> which, is, which, is really, which is really random. And it, and it really is one of those things where it's just a, it's a cultural moment that you're part of. And you happen to be like, yeah, at the, at the, at the front of it. But you don't necessarily understand why at that point in time. You just roll no, with you're it. just reacting. You just, just react yeah. to it. Yo, it's spooky season, and you know what that means? Merchandise. I mean, it's merchandise literally in my brain, like twenty four seven. The amount of shirts that I have is just oh man, it's it makes me happy, but then it also makes me just shake my head because I'm a grown ass adult. And anyways, rockabilly.com. That is the place where you should buy all of your band merch because they're giving you a discount. 100 words or less is the promo code that you use on their website. It gives you 10% off of your entire order. And they have a lot of cool things going on for spooky season right now. They got a limited edition Black Sabbath shirt. They have a limited edition I Prevail shirt. They just have, and they have a limited edition Pussifer shirt. So talk about a wide range of bands that they're working with. But ships from the Midwest here in the United States of America, fast and friendly customer service in case there's any issues whatsoever and they have all officially licensed stuff so that means the bands get paid everybody walks away feeling very very happy and pleased with their transactions and i love them for it plus hardcore kids work there which is like you know kind of something i always like to uh to support and contribute to so rockabilly.com 100 words or less is the promo code please go shop responsibly or irresponsibly. Actually, that's probably better. So use the promo code 100 words or less for 10% off your order. Thank you, Rockabilia. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really, really small, like, man, that parking space, it's always taken. And I wish that I would be able to like get it instead of, you know, this person that maybe, you know, is the most courteous and considerate. I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. 
And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like, the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Ray. And to that point too, like we were, where you were mentioning before, Byron Bay, and obviously it is a much different. Ta- I mean, you know, it's Instagram influencer <laughs> now. Yeah. And watching, I mean, you still correct me if I'm wrong. You still live there, right? Yeah, we also live there. Right. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, clearly the attachment is important to you, yeah. even though the city has changed drastically. Yeah. Is it just the fact that, like, obviously my friends and family are there? Like, that is what keeps me there. What no, keeps no, you there? it's stunning, man. Okay. A, like, it's it's. It's still my favorite place on earth, and I've been to many, many places. Of course. It's, um, and when you say city, it's 5,000 people. Right. It's still tiny. Like, it is the yeah. place where everyone goes. Yep. But when you're there, you realize why everyone goes. And the, sure. the thing is, it was just... We, we've, we've constantly had these discussions of, like, why did it blow up? Because, because it did. All of a sudden, it was like... Everyone was there. Totally. Overnight. Yeah. Everyone was there and it hasn't stopped. Um, and the thing we put it down to was, was Instagram. Yeah. It was Instagram and Geotag. Totally. Um, which is really fascinating because like when you, when, you, when you figure it all out, up until then, it was, a, it was known as a tourist destination in Australia. So right. it would have, before Instagram, like you would get the little magazine on the airplane yep. which would list all the destinations the major cities and then Byron Bay would be there and it'd be one photo of course and you'd be like oh that's a nice photo right but that doesn't capture everything around it no. and as soon as you've got people coming and going ding 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 here's all the things you see here's what you experience when you're there and people are like oh I've I, I, kinda, I need to go and see that. Right. I need to go and see that. And when you when you get there and you realize it is all there, right? Like the natural beauty of it is is really really stunning. And it's still just as, as busy as it is. Like it's still just a small town. Like right. the traffic's annoying, and it's it's not like there's a hundred thousand people there at one time. Just it's not like Times Square or anything. It's still just a town. Right. It's just like yeah. It, it's just it, stunning. It expands like, and contracts. Yeah, like and every- it is. And it's just a really beautiful place to live. Like the aspect of the entire thing. Like. There's not a single day where I don't... Like, I wake up in the morning, I get my coffee, and I drive around town all the way up to the lighthouse, and I just look at the town. Yeah. And every day, I'm just like... This is oh, great. It's beautiful. And I, I, li- yeah. I like, too, that you have, obviously, you've had to become the unofficial slash official spokesman of Byron Bay. <laughs> like, the whole yeah. band has been where it's yeah, like, dude. there's no one that can speak to you that's just like, so Byron Bay, tell yeah, me about tell that. Tell me about that place, like, man. Yeah. All right, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's awesome. I've got some just... pamphlets I'm going to show you about my town. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Have, you, have you ever been, uh, you know, I guess, officially tapped by the government to do anything? No, but they, the, the local council tried to pay us to change our band name so the sign wouldn't get stolen a while Because <laughs> the streets <laughs> I got stolen so much. I can only one imagine. Time now, I was just like, why don't you just change your band name? We'll pay you. We're like, nah, sorry, it doesn't That's work like so that. So amazing. We'll yeah. pay. Like, what would they have paid you? Like, you know, I don't I, know. No, like, I think it, I think it was small change because our, 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 yeah. our, our town has no money as well. Like, because sure. it's it's yeah, it's a it's such. A, I can go into so there's so many so many politics would, which would bore people about our town. I can imagine. But um, 
But yeah, a town, a town actually doesn't have much money for infrastructure. So. Totally. So they're like, we'll pay you a yeah. thousand Australian dollars. I think, it was like, I think it was like four grand or something. I was totally. like, no, sorry. Right. Sorry. This, <laughs> this would be really difficult for us to uh, turn yeah. around. <laughs> um, you, uh, like we were mentioning off mic in regards, you're still straight edge mm. as an adult. And now that you have obviously had to interact with people in so many different ways in regards to like what I would affectionately call civilians, yeah. where it's just like, <laughs> I'm sure that they're like, you know, Oh, like oh, Winston. You, oh, you don't drink, and they're like you're a recovering alcoholic or what? Like, how do you, how do people react when you are in those situations where it's like, oh, Winston, you don't drink? Like, um, it doesn't really come up. That's good. I tell you the, with the the interesting. It used to come up way more. Okay. And there is like I have heaps of friends who are not in heavy music at all. Have no idea what the term straight edge means. Like, of course. I, I myself, like, I've got X's tattooed all over me, but the last time I said I was straight edge would have been like 10 years ago. Right, yeah. It's not, it, but, it's not but still, as I an just, adult, you don't need but, to go Yeah, like, but that's put the thing. It it's just, but like, part of me, part of me is just like, that's not something that I do. Yeah. But I've got plenty of friends who are the same. Never even heard that term before. Totally. And it's a very interesting thing because like Australian, that goes so hard against what Australia is known for for a oh, long time. Oh, yes. And I, I just think there's a there's a difference in the in culture in general. Uh, just there's just a change in in culture happening where like I don't know people are feeling a little freer to just be themselves. Mm-hmm. I think like for me personally, when I when I did drink when I was a kid, yep. like it was between the ages of sixteen and nineteen, and it was because I was socially awkward as hell. And it was what everyone else was doing. At no point was I like, I love the taste of alcohol. Yeah, you're like, this is so great. Yeah, Yeah, I was just like, (laughs) do that thing because it's going to be fun. Yep. And it'll give you a bit of confidence to like to socialize in a way that you never really had before. Yep. And um, and that just kind of fell away at 19. I was just like, "Uh, nah, man, I miss too many surfs. Like, I want to surf better and I want to surf more. Yeah. I felt the dynamic changing and I I just, I didn't drink for like six months. And I was like, I wonder what it would be like after nine months. Right. And after that, it's just like, eh? Yeah. Like, I'm still going to the places I was going to, but I'm just like, I can remember them now. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm not waking up with cuts all over me because I did something dumb. And, and like, <laughs> totally. So, so yeah, it's, and, and, and yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's not a conversation that I have with people of like, why don't you do that? Like, yeah. They really don't know. No one really asks me that anymore. If you're like, I'm not drinking, they're like, oh, okay, cool. Right, yeah. Or if they're, or if they're it's, it's, there was a time when you're like, I'm just having water. They'd be like, are you sure? <laughs> I'm paying. I'm like, cool, totally. you can Wait. pay for my water. Make it fizzy water. <laughs> totally. Love that Wait, expensive you, shit. Right? You you play yeah. in a yelling band and you yeah. don't drink. Yeah, like- yeah. That was more the thing. That was actually a lot of the thing of like, oh man, you must have some wild tour stories. Like, what's the most hammered you've ever been? It's like, man, you should have seen this time I ate like so many Sour Patch Kids backstage that sugar rush was gnarly yeah. and I like, felt like I was going to spew in the parking lot but I didn't I just went to bed <laughs> yeah and it, was, and it was crazy and then I woke up and surfed in the morning yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, which, is, which is amazing yeah the um, the the thing that I've also admired about you guys, besides the, I mean, obviously your touring and musical output, yeah. is that you you have had to endure like the when I say endure like the business implications of the band. Like you've obviously worked with booking agents, managers. Yeah. Like you've had to balance a lot of these things that are not like they're not fun. Like no. there's nothing, just the business, <laughs> the the music business side of things. Yeah. And like how you personally, and you've been very public in the fact that it's like, oh, dude, the band's almost broken up like, you know, nine million times yeah. over when that stuff gets too heavy. Yeah. 
how have you personally like tried to like do you personally care about the business side of the oh, band yeah, of course. okay right yeah no everyone in the band does is it we're uh, yeah. all in on everything that's the thing it's just people have different strengths within the band sure. that they that they handle more like we all have a say in what's going on yep but luke, like luke is the our manager yep. luke's our, luke's the manager of the band so he handles all of that stuff and when it comes to a point where we need to like make a specific choice that he's like we should we should all make the call on this we have a meeting and we all talk about it yeah and then we make those calls and that and like he does that i i handle the like a lot of the creative direction in terms of like stage design aesthetic of the band like music video direction like sure. conceptually a lot, a lot of the conceptual stuff like album art like all of the lyrics and stuff are written by me so a lot, a lot of but it's the same thing like i'll have a whole bunch of ideas and it'll get to the point where i'm like all right let's I'll present them to the rest of the guys and sure. find a way to present the next step to, to everyone else and we all agree on it and we all refine those things jeff does the same thing with like the the music and the the pre-production and everything like the studios in his house he sits there writing all of the riffs going over it all and then Ben comes over and helps like he'll lay down beats and riff off Jeff with to like progress the music and then I'll come in and lay down my things and we'll percolate that stuff and then right. we give it back to him and then he polishes it all up and adds all these extra things and yeah and then Ben does like the social media side of things and the has made the first two movies that we made and like yep. help with the with the third one and is like audio visual guy like he was the guy that when we started the band me and him would go and surf trips and he was the guy that filmed he filmed everything right filmed me so yeah so we all have our strengths and um and that's the way we kind of we kind of operate and yeah it's it's it we know how to deal with that a lot more a lot better now because like when you start as a band we we did it originally because a we enjoy the creative control of it and it was really fun we had we had in mind what we wanted to do and when you're like going all the way back to the sports metal factor of it when we when we started doing this thing and you're in that unknown territory and you, people are trying to figure out where you fit, if you release control, they're going to put you into something that fits something else. And you're like, we know we we don't fit that. Right. No one fits. What, like we don't fit with anything, and Absolutely. we know we know that. That's why it started. So we don't want to give that up just to fit a mold for right. someone else's that's to be some something in, you're not. Yeah, to be something that we're not, and that is just industry prescribed. So we just we we just did things ourselves and also on a monetary side of things we we're like gotta pay someone how much to do that we don't have that much money like we can, if we don't do that then we can buy some scrims that go in front of the cabs and the stage looks a little bit better right and like or we can fund the like a better producer for the next tour yep or we can buy some more t-shirts so it was like it was all of these things combined to push the band forward that we kept like basically sacrificing getting someone else to do it and we were just like well let's just learn how to do it ourselves let's just take our skills and apply it so you learn a bit of the business back end kind of thing yeah and you just take control of that and 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 not and not and to your and to your point too not everybody like i mean you have a million friends and peers and bands Mm. that are just like oh obviously i just play guitar and like there's nothing wrong with that but no 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 not at all yeah but you you have all developed those disciplines because you have wanted to that's it that's it it uh, it the only thing the only thing well i'm not gonna say the only thing the problem arises sure when the band becomes so big 
that you're still operating on the exact same principles and expectations that you were when you started the system out. Of course. And you haven't adapted anything. Totally. And that's when shit hit the fan because we like the, the whole thing with it was like you do this thing and you just don't even tell anyone what's going on. You just handle it. Right. You just handle that. You just handle that. And we all, it all just grew and you just kept handling things yourself. Yeah. And not telling anyone else that you start getting resentful because you're like, dude, my workload is like 50 times bigger than when we started this. There's no fucking way their workload's that big. Yeah. Everyone else was feeling the same thing, but we weren't talking about it because you just didn't know how to talk. Totally. And you just like, you just melt down. Yeah. And then like finally we were like, band breaks up or we start, we figure out how to do this. Right. And when we started bringing people in, like, first of all, like, oh God, there was a, there was a, a few people who we talked to. Yep. Who helped? There was a mediator who helped us get through everything, and then she was like, "You got to go to like, you got to go to counseling, you got to go to therapy for this shit because there's the business side of things and there's the personal side of things." Right. And she was like, "And don't worry about it. This is what every business does once a year. This anyone in a management position of any kind of business does this step. You just haven't done it for 17 years, R- right? And you you have to do it uh, to to get things in order to keep things moving forward." And we're like, oh, "Okay, cool." And that's like that's what we did and it was difficult because you had 17 years to catch up on of course and then get through that um but that was the way to do it and that was the way also to be healthy people of course well yeah so, and th- because you and since you have and you've demonstrated this since you care about everybody in the band yeah. as humans yeah. and you've remained friends mm-hmm. that that is really what is going to obviously last longer yeah. than whatever your stupid band does oh that's the thing and that's the thing that matters as well right like it was it's it's it, and it's it's really it's really difficult it's that balancing of like it's so much it would be so much easier to be a business professional when you're like don't mix, mix friendship and business of course but you can't you can't do that in, you just can't do no. that in a band unless you want a, your band to be not to not I mean you can't, definitely can't do it in our band because it's core to everything yep. like the core of everything is human connection and yes. the people that I connect with as people are the guys on stage like other than my family and my my other friends at home like we this my this my second family of course we've lived through so much shit you, together you, you've spent arguably so the most amount of time exactly. with them exactly that's the thing so it's it's really weird that you don't you don't develop your friendship and your connection in a way that's 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 deeper with those people than you than you necessarily do with your family in terms of like vulnerability and all of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So, yeah, but when you do, it's it's. I mean, it's great. It just feels it feels natural. It feels awesome to have support. Um, well, because you know, because when you go through things like that, you then know what people are either going through, what they can't handle, yep. and like that's that all that does is just make you closer to those people because you're just like, yeah. oh, I see you struggling, and that's fine. You're struggling. Yeah. I'm here yeah, to help you. Oh, dude, 100%. And the last, like, the last uh, year of being in this band has been the best year of being in this band. That's yeah. the thing. Ever since we, like, we literally went to, went to counseling and therapy and shit. It's right. Been the be- and it's been the best because of that. Right. Because we do... We're, it just changes the way you act as a person. That's and the it, thing. And it changes, it's, changes, it's changed the way we act as people outside of the outside, band. I would imagine you're learning well. skills. Right. You're learning yeah. skills there that yeah. you can apply. Yeah, that's it. And... And I'm sure too, like the reticence of you guys doing that, like you don't want to feel like this walking cliche of like, oh, so we're like Metallica getting a band, like, oh, yeah. and and that is a real thing where you're just like, oh, I don't like, we, we don't need this because like, but when you get to that breaking point, you're like, oh, we do need this. Oh, dude, that's the thing. <laughs> and it, the thing is, if someone, had, 
if we'd have figured it out earlier, like, yep. I would have 100% like, done it. Right. But it, it's very easy to have, like, I mean, it's just not something, like, that, like you, there's a stigma attached. Absolutely. <laughs> like, if we're going all the way back. Yep. To, the, like, it's, it's back to the core of another topic, but mental health, it has a stigma attached to it. It's Absolutely. Just straight up. Like, totally. straight up, man. And no one, at no point is, do you ever learn at school? And when things get a bit too much, like, there are steps that you can take to reach out to talk to someone. It's just like, do these things, fit into this box, and and basically like get on with it. Yes. And every and like Western culture just has that. I'm like I'm part of Western culture. That's all the culture that I know. And Absolutely. Like Western culture is just like work, be hard, die. Of course. That's, that's kind of it. Yeah. And put your head down. Su- right. It sucks, man. Yeah. Like yeah, it really yeah. sucks because it's just not healthy. No. And and we aren't designed as people. Like, what is the point of society and community if the base level of communication and human connection doesn't exist right. in the way that it is obviously supposed to exist like when you communicate with people and you get things out of caring and connecting with someone and lifting someone up obviously everyone benefits and you're like that is the way it is supposed to work right. we are not singular beings that yes. are supposed to repel other beings that is not how we are born right so so why have we designed society in a way that isolates each other of course why yeah so it is. yeah it's it's strange it's a strange thing to to, to learn in your 40s right like, totally that, be like that, oh that is literally an yeah, option for us yeah that's the thing that should be being taught as you're like at the pivotal point of when you're starting to like become a teenager like, totally and all of these concepts of like social isolation and stuff begin yep ostracization and everything that is when everyone should like there should be a class in school that teaches like, yo, this there's is some how, coping mechanisms. Just, like here, yeah, yeah there exactly. Are ways to like integrate yourself into the world that you're growing into that will help you get through all of these things. Right. I'm in love with evilgreed.net. And what are they? They are an amazing web store solution and a provider for label stores, band stores, whatever it is. Like basically almost everybody that tours in Europe talks to them as long as they are playing, you know, punk, hardcore, metal, that that artistic heavy stuff. But you as the consumer, why do you care about this? It's because you can order so much great stuff from them. So first and foremost, go to evilgreed.net. Secondly, use the promo code 100 words that will get you 10% off of your entire order. And you can buy new scowl stuff like merch. You can buy vinyl from Genghis Tron represses, or how about a botch reissue of the an anthology of dead ends? Oh my gosh, I have that on 10 inch, but they repressed it as a 12 inch. So it's like, well, maybe I'll just go ahead and buy another one. Or how about you just buy a bunch of stuff from Sergeant House Records? Or how about Triple B? They have so much cool stuff. They operate out of Berlin, Germany, but they ship to you in the United States lickety split. And the shipping rates are super advantageous for us right now here in America. So there's literally no reason that you should not peruse evilgreed.net and use the promo code 100 words because it gets you 10% off of everything. Please go shop and enjoy all of the awesome stuff that evilgreed.net has. Again, promo code 100 words, go shopping. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Ultimately, I'm glad that you guys obviously went through the difficult spot. Yeah, man. To, yeah. Because then, like you said, you can actually have a closer relationship with them and literally enjoy the thing you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, that's it. 100%, man. Yeah. Just, and I, f- I yeah. feel really stoked to be able to do it and, and be really, like, it made me really happy that the other guys in the band wanted to do that as well. Right. Because it really got to the point where we were just like, I'm multiple sure it's members like two, of the band and we're like, we all want out and we haven't told each other. Yeah. And we don't even know why, but we're just like, this does not function and I am unhappy. Totally. But I don't know how, how to solve it. Right. Well, and especially the, the idea too, where it's like people look and where it's just like, what do you guys have to be unhappy about? I know, that's the thing, yeah. And it's just like, like but I, I am literally like, oh, yes, of course, I'm playing in a international touring yeah. hardcore band or whatever. Yeah. All these words that don't make any sense yeah. to me. I should be happy, but like, I am not. And that is not anybody's fault besides... Yep. Whatever, everything yeah. that you're talking about. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange thing. Yeah. It's a strange thing to run through your brain because that's what you do. Yeah. Like, that's what you look at and it's even more confusing. It's more confusing when you realize that at the core of it, like success as deemed by society in terms of people adoring you, crazy things, of photos making you look like some golden god on a stage. Right. It doesn't equate to anything. Like no. it really, like, yeah, it's... I wish everyone was able to have the experience that I experienced. Of course. It's really fun. Totally. But at the end of the day, when you step off that stage for the hour and a half that you played on, yep. you go home, you could, all you're left with is your mind. Totally. You're, like you're still mind, with you're, yourself. You're still with yourself. Yep. And, and it, you don't get to live that. The into, like my no. life is not just explosions and, and extreme sports. And upside down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, uh, the two last things I wanted to hit on was the idea of – you um, you said something that triggered the idea of like if not only evolving as a band because clearly sonically you've evolved over mm. time but just the idea that it's like we can't apply the same youth center principles where it's like looking at what you're doing like on this tour you know mm. pyro upside down drum risers <laughs> like all of the things that you in your wildest dreams would never have anticipated. Yep. And so, like, opening that aperture up to realize, like, oh, we need to act differently just because this is really where the band is at. Like, mm. we can't just show up in, you know, board Boy, shorts. Boys and, and flip-flops. Precisely. Yep. So, like, wh- at what point did you personally kind of, like, realize, obviously as the kind of, you know, creative yep. director, as it yep. were, yep. when did you sort of flip that switch where it's like, oh, yes, like, we need to take this differently? Um. Ten, 10 years ago. Okay. It was 10 years ago. It was when we got to 10 years, uh, like, uh, it was literally just going, why? We, we were almost self-sabotaging in the way that we were just like, 
this will go nowhere. Don't put more effort in than you have to. Yeah. And, and talk it down. Talk down the fact that we don't like... I've said this before in other interviews, but people would say, what's the secret? Why, why, why does your band keep growing? Right. Why is it... Like, why are you guys getting so big? And the, the answer would be, we have no idea... We're idiots. We can't even play our own instrument. We have no idea what we're doing. Of course. So you, you want to self-deprecate. Self-deprecation. That was it. It's full-on self-deprecation because like, that's what we were brought up in. Don't have, don't have any pride of in what course. you're doing. Don't have any aspiration. But um, it got to 10 years and I was just like, why is there a, like, why is there a limit? Why is there a limit? And, and, it's, and, it's, and it didn't come from ego. It just came from like, we've got to hear... <laughs> Come on, be real with yourself. There's no point when this has ever faltered. Yeah. You don't have to compromise something about yourself and be scared of that. Like, we've always held on to our ethics. Like, of course. It's like, but it's a, it's a scene as well, which has a big sellout tag that oh, means absolutely. something. Totally. People are like, you fucking sellouts. Yep. But after 10 years of doing it, you know what it means to sell anything. Yep. Like, you, you will know when you have sold yourself out. And when you know what that is and you know that there's more to do that might not necessarily be what you've done or what people expect from you, but it doesn't involve selling a single piece of your integrity, yep. you're just like, well, why the hell wouldn't you want to do that? Right. Why don't you just aim for something? Like, why, like, at that point in time, I was like, no limit. No, there's, no, there's no limit. What do you want to be? Biggest band on the fucking planet. Sure. Why right. the hell not? Like, sure. Metallica are currently probably the biggest band on the planet. And they're a metal band. Yep. Like, Jesus Christ, it's, it's happened before. Like, this is not to say that it's ever going to happen. Of but course. To, but to aim under is to deny yourself the possibility. And it's to already, like, you may as well just, like, punch yourself in the ankle and just go, well, yeah, we're let's, never gonna do get it there. One, let's just do it in one leg anyway. So you've got yep. an excuse when it doesn't happen. I'd rather put, like, just take all the shackles off everything Know that your ethics are in the right place. Do it in the right, in the the way ethically that you have always done things, and know that that is that is the truth of all of it. Yep. And within that, you can still expand as far as you want. That's the thing. Like, right. you'll know the day when someone comes to you with a fucking fifty thousand dollar, hundred thousand dollar, million dollar paycheck, and go do this, but you have to do this thing, and you go. Well, if you, I don't want to do that. But, yeah. oh, man, that's some money. Of course. And you make the choice. Yeah. And you'll know when you've sold out. Totally. And, like, if people want to do that, that's fucking fine. But, but like, I've been there and I've said no. Right. And I, and, and, and I know when the thing – I know when something's correct as well because you're just, like, you know your worth. You know your goals. You know what it takes to get there. And you just start applying yourself. That's it. And, and like, everything that we do has been – within that and it's not none of none of the changes of the way we look the stage production or anything has ever been because we're like you know what if we fit into this box it's gonna work you're like right. you wonder why we stop wearing flip flops on stage you wanna fucking wear flip flops while things are burning yeah, yeah. burning things is way more fun than fucking wearing flip flops on stage totally you wanna know why all of the fucking the clothing ended up dark on stage is because when you hit a blackout you don't want one dude in a white shirt looking like a ghost hovering around on stage when the of impact course. of that's part of the, music the practicality is supposed to be of black. It. Right, right. Like, right. it's all of these things. In terms of the art evolving, you start realizing that the details matter, and the more details you put into place, the greater the experience is going to be. Of course. And for us as artists, like, the experience grew a long time ago from just, like, there is 30 dudes kicking each other in the head. Yes. This is sick. Totally. To, like, 
I've seen that a million times. I want to right. create more moments. I started with like um, the things I enjoy watching live started growing in different ways. Music started impacting me in a different way. And you start incorporating those ways in, into what you're creating sonically, which means what you want to put on stage is different as well. Yeah. Sports metal's still there, but now we've got a fucking ballad where I'm just like, everyone shut the fuck up and sit there and vape and drink if you want, but just listen to this sweet music for a second then Jeff's going to riff the fuck out of it <laughs> and it's totally. going to look like a slash moment yes. that's what this band can do <laughs> right you're like this is, yeah why yeah. why put a cap on it yeah. to your point it's just like we're continually evolving and plus it like to your point it would look absolutely stupid if you did not evolve like if you the band like hmm. you said kept growing and then you you just kept doing the same thing over and over yeah I mean maybe it wouldn't the thing is maybe yeah. it wouldn't Maybe it would have worked like that. Sure. But the artistic desires of the band right. have, have evolved. That's of course. The thing. And the sonic, like, it's weird. Like, we, I really doubt it would have happened because it, it comes, this is, like, this is a freaking can of worms when you open it. Yep. But there is a point in the band's career where we, or we, it happens in a lot of bands' career, where you do, you're, you have the formula, yep. which you've done, which you've perfected. And you reach a crossroads where you're like, that's the formula we want to continue doing. And just yep. different versions of that formula. Or you're going to have to go somewhere where you haven't gone before. Yeah. And some bands choose to do that. Like, look at ACDC. Enormous. Do the one thing. Kill it at it. And evolution of the sonic variety doesn't, like, come into the palette, really. Nope. Um, and it's very much expected of people within... I mean, the hardcore and even metal realms of just, like, you have an identity that you forge within, like, the first three records. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's your that's identity. It. And as soon as you go outside of that, people are just like, that shit sucks. Oh, so you're like, chasing you. You yeah. want to be alternative metal yeah, now. Wanna, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you've, re, you've now touched another subgenre within the subgenre of genres. Um, and, and all of a sudden, it just, uh, like, it, you, you run the risk. Of course. Of, of blowing your feet off that you've worked so hard yep. to pedal this thing along for three records. Um, but if you want to do something else, you're going to have to take that risk. Absolutely. And for us, like it was record four, we, like for me, I hear Atlas existing in both worlds at the same time and not 100% succeeding at both. Right. And from that point on, it was like, well, what do you actually want to do? Regress in terms of the art that you're creating to a point of safety and hope that that safety lasts that like that what you do is not going to cre- become boring yep because you're re- you're then relying on being able to recreate a formula in different ways to go on infinitely and when you're at like a seven or ten years into something you're like geez that's a lot of lifetime gambling. <laughs> right but that's out of the that's completely out of the window if you actually want to do something different and for us we we're like yeah we wanted to do something different so we're just like commitment to the other road just roll the dice and commit to the thing that you really want to do. And, and if that's going to happen, I mean, that's, that's where you're going. And, and for us, like that's, that's where we're going. And it's everything that goes along with it is it's so, and it like, it's just entertaining to be able to create, man. Of it's course. so like, I cannot begin to explain to people how fun it is to be able to be presented with even like the room that we're sitting in now and go, this is your place at. Yep. What do you want to do? Yeah, like, what it, what do out. you want to do? People right. are going to come yep. and play in this area and you get to curate the night's proceedings in whatever way you want. Soundtrack, visuals, pre-roll, fucking 
whatever the hell's going on and the way they're going to dress. Like it's it's just an a, like I'm gonna like. A wild events planner, of course, which is nuts, and the, and, yeah. and you get to, and the only thing that's limited is your imagination. Like, who the hell would not want to do that? Yeah, as much like, I can still tell tell kids fucking stage dive, go nuts, like demolish things, totally. But at the same point in time, like like. Yeah, like what if we put the drums in something that goes upside down? Yeah, <laughs> what if like, the flames go sideways? Holy shit! I'd love to make people think the entire place is going to burn down just for one second, or like yep. you don't know what's going to happen next, or like everyone just sings along like it's the biggest karaoke section ever. Like all of those things, like because that's that's what I love. Right, it's on the, it's all on the table. It's for all you. on the table, so it's really fun. Yeah, like it's really fun, dude. I like like. I grew up playing Lego, and this is the biggest Lego set on the fucking planet. Man. Of course, right? <laughs> well, I am very glad that we all get to witness the uh, Lego set in yeah. real life. But uh, thank you very much, Winston. Yeah, and if anyone, if anyone at Lego wants to make a custom like Parkway Lego set, oh yeah, talk to me because I think that would go sell uh, quite well for your brand. I don't, I, I don't see why not. I mean, clearly like, they've done the Beatles set, so uh-huh. obviously you guys are next. All right, what an episode with Winston. And I realized as I'm listening back to this episode that, uh, first of all, Winston, just legend. That's what they call most people in Australia. But uh, yeah, shout out to him for doing this. And uh, in the intro, if you are paying close attention, you'll be able to hear my dogs feuding in the background. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and leave it in there because uh, you can see what happens behind the scenes at my house, which is dogs fighting. (laughs) So anyways, like I said, shout out to Winston and thank you to my friend Tim at Adam Splitter PR. He is just a, a legend. How about we'll use that word again? because uh, he helped me conduct all of these interviews and put them all together, um, and it it was great. So thank you very much, Tim, for doing that. Next week, I have a real special one. I know all of these conversations are special in their own right, but this is a podcast, no joke, I've been putting together for seven, eight years. We've been circling each other, and I've been friends with him for many, many years. But uh, Dave Mandel from Indecision Records, he typically doesn't like doing podcasts because uh, he's a very private person, even though his record label, um, you know, is incredibly popular with independent music. He has just always been behind the scenes. And so Dave was always, I know, a little bit gun shy to being like, oh, dude, I don't want to do this with you, Ray. Like, I like hanging out with you, but let's just not record it. <laughs> but anyways, we were able to do that. So went over to Dave's house one day and we had a great discussion. So that's what I got next week for you. Dave Mandel from Indecision Records. Until then, please be safe, everybody. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. 
Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.